Hello, welcome to You Don't Know Mojack. My name is Ryan. My name is Brent. In this episode, we're discussing SST-62, the soundtrack to the film Love Dolls Superstar. Uh, as we mentioned before, this is, I believe, our first soundtrack, so very cool uh, to start talking about this one. And I I got to admit, I am the... I've, I'm kind of like the most interested I've been in a long time to get to the ballot result for this episode. <laughs> Me I too. Don't know what it is. Me too. Yeah. Like, I'm really, really interested to hear what you have to say about stuff. And I don't know, this might be, might be controversial. It might I don't be. Know. I, I think I know what song you're going to pick. And, and if, if I'm right, we might have a fight on our hands, but we're getting, <laughs> we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Well, we usually find the middle together. It, it, well, um, you usually just let me have my way, so... <laughs> <laughs> I, I know what's good for me. Yeah. Um, any spiels, Brant? Yeah, I have a few. I have a recommend for you, actually, Ryan. Have, oh Have you ever heard of a band called Casanovas in Heat? No, but I like the name. <laughs> yeah, it's a great name. Great band, too. So they have a full... I think it's their only full-length album. They do have some singles on that label, Deranged. Okay. And I think they split up. They're from Boston. The full length is called Twisted Steel Sex Appeal. Okay. It's on this la- you- it's on this label called Katorga Works Records. It's very Husker Du replacements, Naked Ray Gun, uh, oh. all bands that I know you're a big fan of. You should check them out. I will. That's a good one. I was going to ask you what 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 causes you to make the recommend, but I get it now. Yeah. Excellent. And I, I'm pretty sure I saw that they split up after this came out. Dang it. Yeah. I also have a question for you, Ryan. How's the Homestead blog coming along? Done. Done? Post it. Are we putting it up? Put it up. Oh, baby, I can't wait. How are you feeling about it? Were you? Was it hard for you to put that baby to bed? It was super hard. It was a lot of work. Yeah? It was, uh, yeah, because, you know, I wanted to do a good job, and there's a lot of stuff on that label that I really like. And even after I put it to bed, I know that there's still some releases and some bands that I forgot about. And, you know, if I were to go back to that list and, you know, go back, kind of look at the list of bands and releases on the label, I might even switch it up a little. It's just, you know, I had to put a pin in it, but I think it's good. I'm hoping that people like it and I hope people discover some uh, some new records and some new bands because there's just a ton on there. I think I said, you know, you could do a top 20 easily, but... If anybody's just hearing this for the first time, what actually is it, Ryan? The, your top 10 favorite albums on Homestead Records, is that right? Correct, okay. yeah. It's a, I mean, it was, it was an assignment you gave me. Yeah. And it was, you know, write your top 10 because I've been ranting about Homestead a lot lately. And really digging deep into some uh, obscure stuff on that label. And it was uh, really rewarding. So top 10 Homestead Records. And we've mentioned Homestead. A lot of the, a ton of the bands on SST have also been on Homestead, like, you know, Sonic Youth, Dinosaur Jr., and lots of relationships between Homestead bands and SST. So it's people should check it out. I hope they like it. Yeah. Head on over to mojackpod.com right now and we'll have it up. I can't wait to see it. What else do you have for spiels? 
Oh, it's me. It's yeah, me. Yeah, I'm done. Now. I'm done. <laughs> hey, I wanted to ask you, we were at a record fair last weekend together. Yeah. What is the favorite record you picked up? Do you have one yet? Well, you gifted me a record that I was quite happy to get. A couple. You gifted me uh, a couple Repulse Kava singles. Oh, yeah, right. And an Alchemy Records compilation that I was super pumped to get because I'm kind of obsessed with that label right now. So tell me about that label because I bought it because it had the Melvins on it, but there's a bigger story there. Uh, Well, I got into them, funny enough, I was trying to write something for the blog, which I'm still working on, so spoiler alert if I ever get this done. Have you heard the Virulence album? No. So there's some SST connections there. So that label, Ryan uh, Alchemy Records, had uh, some early stuff by like Neurosis, Clown Alley, you know who they are, right? Oh yeah, that's uh, Lorax's band before the Melvins. Yep. Some like almost like thrash stuff, like uh, this band Sacrilege BC, uh, Poison Idea, one of my favorite bands. They released uh, Gluey Porch Treatments by the Melvins, which I love, early Melvins. We so, rocked out to that last weekend for sure. Yeah, that was one of my favorite pickups. So Virulence is a lot like, they sound like Blast or Black Flag, like later era Flag. They had an album called If This Isn't a Dream on Alchemy Records. And uh, it's kind of been re-released on, do you know that label Southern Lord? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It got re-released on that label a while back. Hmm. It's And it's guys that ended up in Fu Manchu. Oh, okay. Well, lots of people will get that reference for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, they they played with, you know, I'm just flipping through the CD right now. Like, they played with Victim's Family, a, a band I bet you really like. Oh, yeah. Blast. I'm just looking at the gig posters inside of this CD here. Oh, yeah, Virulence. They've got a couple of records, hey? Oh, no, yeah. just the one, If This Isn't a Dream. Yep. Okay. It sounds a lot like Blast, if you're into them, which I am, so... Right on. Well, I'm glad you like it. That was probably my favorite pickup, was that comp that you gave me, and I bought the Clown Alley album, and that Melvin's, Gluey Porch Treatments, so... Which I now own like four copies of, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. You can never have enough gluey porch treatments. That's right. What about you? Did you pick up any gems at that sale? Uh, I think the best one that I picked up, my favorite, um, other than some stuff that I, I snagged off of you, was probably that, that Angry Samoans bootleg of the demos that we listened to. Um, really got me into angry Samoans again yeah I was listening I was listening to uh, their first couple of records and some of it's pretty vulgar but some of it's just totally awesome so the only thing I remember from when we gave that one a spin in your basement was uh, the version of right side of my mind was really slow it was slow yeah but I liked it it worked yeah it was really uh, really rocking mm-hmm. like literally really literally rocking yep yeah that's it for me I think Okay, so Ryan, before we get into uh, Love Doll Superstar, I kind of sent you a text earlier this week and said, let's do our top five punk movies. Movies, not documentaries. Right. Now, I, yep. wrote, I wrote a little blurb about some of mine, and I also made an ext- ex- quite an extensive list of other favorites. I, I had a really hard time. I actually picked six favorites. 
Whoa. Yeah. Well, okay. I got to tell you, I mean, I was kind I knew, I know that you're just like insane about punk movies. So I kind of, I might've stretched it a bit. Okay. I also, I also allowed in movies that just have punks in them. Okay. Rather than a, rather than a punk movie. Will that still qualify? Yeah, man. Okay. Okay. Well, I, since I have six, I'm going to go first and maybe it'll work, it'll, it'll work out. Okay. <laughs> okay. And these are in no particular order, by the way. Well, they, oh, they, they kind of will be, I'll save like my for sure favorites for the last, for the end. Yeah. Mine's in order for sure. Okay. Uh, one of my picks, Ryan is hardcore logo. Oh man. That was going to be like my number one. Oh really? Yeah. Scooped you. Yeah. In case anybody doesn't know what that is, well, why don't you tell them what it is, Ryan? Hardcore Logo is a fictional movie about, like, it's it's about a fictional punk band, I guess. That a Canadian um, punk band. Canadian punk band, fictional, and they kind of go on tour across Canada, and it's about all sorts of debauchery and stuff. Like it's and a reunion the- tour. It's a reunion tour, and and um, it has all the kind of like, you know, legendary punk band reuniting for one last tour tropes in it. But it's done so good. Yeah. And uh, pointed sticks are in it, I think. Right. I haven't watched it for a while. Pointed sticks and I think DOA are in it. Yeah. Art Bergman. Like, Art Bergman. Yeah. They and they play like yours and my hometown in it and stuff so it's yep. not you don't need to be from canada to enjoy it it's no. really good hugh dylan from a fairly famous canadian band called the headstones is kind of the star of it and he does a great job yep that shitty band billy talent that really shitty band they got their took their name from a character in this movie yeah and you're quite right they are a terrible band yep <laughs> uh and it was made by uh, Bruce McDonald, yeah, who also made uh, uh, this. I didn't put this in my list, but a really great movie that I've always loved called Highway Sixty One that also has Art Bergman in it. He's awesome in it, totally. And, and it's got uh, Jello Biafra in it. Yeah. Before we leave Hardcore Logo too, the soundtrack is really good. Yeah, it's great. And People there's like a get... there's like a tribute album to it as well with some with some yep. other Canadian bands. Yep. Yeah, because well, they, yeah, they, they, they wrote original music for the, for the movie. Yeah, there's the original music for the movie, and then there's a tribute to Hardcore Logo, and there are bands like the Doughboys and stuff like that doing songs on it. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's we great. Can talk, we should watch that. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I own it. It's, there's a second one. I've never seen it. Have you seen part two? No, I didn't even know that existed. Is it any good? I've never seen it. <laughs> I, I assumed it was terrible, so I, I wasn't really yes. interested in it. Yeah, I assumed it's terrible, too. Yeah, everyone should check that out. Highway 61, another Bruce McDonald movie. And he also has another one called Roadkill that's got Joey Ramone in it. Ramones are on the soundtrack. Nash the Slash, kind of a famous Canadian underground avant-garde dude, did the soundtrack. A super famous Canadian band from the 60s called The Ugly Ducklings are on the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, here let me I'll try and hit you with a couple of uh I'm just looking here who is on the tribute to Hardcore Loco. Now it's mostly Canadian bands 
and a lot of kind of like indie rock bands more than punk bands. Yeah, I think. yeah, kind of kind of mainstream bands, I guess, but doing like I guess more punk sounding songs. Fishbones on it. Oh, really? Yeah. What's the, the what, What's your favorite hardcore logo song? Edmonton Block Heater. <laughs> <laughs> no. Who the hell you think you are? Yeah. There's a DOA single where they do that song on it, on the B side. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately on the tribute, Cub do that song. That's a bummer. Okay, so I scooped your number one. Yep. What What's next on your list? So I'm going from like five to one? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Robocop 3. <laughs> Never seen it. <laughs> it's full of cyberpunks. And you know, Robocop 3 is a very misunderstood film. Is it good? Oh, every RoboCop movie's good, man. <laughs> okay. Cyberpunks, eh? Cyberpunks. They count, don't they? For sure they do, yep. Okay, yeah. What's yours? What's uh, your next one? Repo Man. Oh, man, that's my number two. Oh. I taped it on VHS off that channel PBS when I was a kid and watched it a gazillion times. Oh, yeah. And it's the soundtrack. Cool. soundtrack's awesome. Yeah, I'm sure we've talked about it because it's got a standalone version of the song TV Party Tonight on it. Yeah, it's got like the only Circle Jerks recording with Earl Liberty on it, I believe, too. Is that I think right? That's, I think that's when we spoke about it during the Pagan Icons episode. That would make sense. Circle Jerks are in the movie. They're like a lounge band. Yeah. You can get a really good Blu-ray edition of it on that Criterion collection that's got... I usually don't watch like uh what do you call them like when they talk when the like director talks and stuff commentary yeah but sometimes i do if it's a movie i've seen a gazillion times and uh this one's good i also have a book that alex cock the direct cox the director wrote and it's really good too you know uh that filmmaker wes anderson yeah yeah he's a a huge hit in my house for but just for myself and my, my kids same. Definitely not for my wife. Same. Definitely not for my wife. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't like but, it. Either. My wife doesn't like it either. But I, we watch those movies a lot, and I've watched them so much that I've listened to the like the commentary on a few of them more than once, like the Rushmore and um, Royal Tenenbaums commentary. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah, I yeah. own I own them all. I've never watched the com never done commentary on them. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Uh, I believe Xander Schloss from the Circle Jerks. Uh, weirdos, and I think he also played with Joe Strummer, is in the movie Repo Man as well. He is. Have you ever seen that um, the uh, the Circle Jerks documentary? The one that Dave Mark Markey did. Uh, hang on a sec. My career as a jerk, or something like that. Hang on. Yeah, yeah. My career as a jerk. It's produced by Dave Markey. There's a part in it where. Xander Schloss is talking about when he played with Joe Strummer. Oh yeah, he does a Joe Strummer impression, and it's it's awesome. He goes like, "Xander, why don't you bring your Spanish guitar and come down to the studio?" Something like that. <laughs> and it's it's really good. It's really good. Hey, am I scooping you if I men mention another Alex Cox movie? Um, I think it's highly unlikely that you will scoop me on my next ones. Okay. Have you seen the Alex Cox movie Straight to Hell? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, of course you have. You're a huge Joe Strummer fan. Yeah. The soundtrack is great too. 
Yep. Xander Schloss again is yep. is in that movie. Joe Strummer. The Pogues are in it. Elvis Costello's in it. It's kind of a the Circle Jerks are in it. It's like a spaghetti western. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, my turn. I think so. Oh, we should also mention the mention the Alex Cox movie Sid and Nancy. Well, of course. Yeah. Also has uh, good Joe Strummer songs on it. Love yeah. Kills. Yeah, and a good Circle Jerk song too. I think. Yeah. Making the bombs is that on that? No, uh, they do love they do love kills on there, don't they? Circle Jerks. Yeah. No, making the bombs is awful wonderful, isn't no, it? No, no, Circle Jerks do love kills on that soundtrack. Hang on. For sure they do, man. I can hear it in my head. Okay, so Love Kills is on side one, track one, performed by Joe Strummer. And then there's a second version on the soundtrack performed by Circle Jerks. Okay. I really like that song. Uh, I think it's called Precious Love or Haunted by the Ghost. I can't remember what it's called. Is it on there? Haunted Haunted by the Pogues? Yeah, that's really good. Yep. Yep. Okay, my turn? Yeah, because I hardly have any left. Go. Okay, pump up the volume. Because <laughs> <laughs> hey? Christian Slater plays the Bad Brains and Descendants and stuff? Yeah. Okay. It's got Bad Brains and Henry Rollins together doing Kick Out the Jams by the MC5, man. Yeah, that's good. He plays Wiener Schnitzel on his radio show by the Descendants. Yeah, but he sings along with it, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, I, man, I wanted to start a pirate radio station so bad when I was a kid when I saw that. <laughs> hey, guess what you're doing right now? I guess so, hey? Okay, <laughs> what what's next for you? Oh, start what? since we're talking about Christian Slater, I'll talk about Gleaming the Cube now. Oh, yeah, we mentioned that one before. Yeah. That one's, I don't know about the soundtrack to that one, but it's got a lot of pro skaters in it. Like most of the Bones Brigade and like Nottis Copus is in it and Rodney Mullen. I guess he it's was part. Got, of, he was part of the Bones Brigade. It's got like every good skater from back then almost. Mm-hmm. Rodney Mullen's the guy that did all of the feet work for like when Christian Slater when they just show the top half of him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Mike McGill did the ramp stuff. You can tell because he does the McTwist, which is yeah. was Mike McGill's main move and. Tony Hawk has speaking roles in it too, which is pretty yeah, awesome. Isn't, isn't he like a, uh, it's like a, a pizza hut? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brutal. There's a good clip on YouTube of him and Christian Slater like having lunch and talking about Gleaming the Cube. This is like recently. Like modern? Like reminiscing, yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Go check that out. Okay, your turn. Uh, okay, so you already scooped me on Repo Man and Hardcore Logo, and so that means I've got, and I already mentioned RoboCop 3, Yep. so I've got, I've got two more, I will, I will go with Star Trek 4 for my next one. <laughs> That's not the one with the whales, is it? It's the whale one, man. Where they go, okay, well that makes sense, because they go to Earth, right? Correct. And Spock pinches out a punk on the bus who's blasting some tunes too loud <laughs> okay i'm gonna go with my next one's gonna be rock and roll high school oh yeah i've seen that movie a million times and i 
it's like comfort food to me, man. You know? Rock and roll high school. Yeah. 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 Love it. I can see why. All right. Your turn. This is my last pick. Okay. Well, I'm I, out. I, I wonder I'm if out. I wonder if maybe it's not one that I have on my list, but let's see. Okay, so you want me to say what it is? Can I guess, Ryan? Can I guess what your number one is? Well, it's my last one, but go for it. Is it Rude Boy? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know what? I I would love to put Rude Boy on there, but the movie sucks hard. It does kind of suck. But yeah. the the clash footage is incredible. Yeah. It's not Rude Boy though. My last pick is uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> All right, uh, I've watched that with my kids a dozen times or more, and I can't remember the punk rock part. What r- remind me? Amazing Larry. Who's Amazing Larry? Well, when Pee Wee is recreating the scene in his basement where this bike was stolen, right. Amazing Larry. Amazing Larry's kind of chit chatting to people. Okay. And and Pee Wee barks him out because he's not paying attention. Okay. Oh, right. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you telling me Amazing Larry's not a punk rocker? Is he? I don't remember. This is when Pee Wee's got, like, he's got a projection screen pulled down and a pointer and he's laying the spiel on them? Yeah. Okay. I'll have to rewatch for that scene. Good picks. Okay. I'm going to lay my, my last ones on you. Hang on. You're telling me. That you don't remember this part? Another photograph. What's missing from this picture? It's just me. Without my bike! <sighs> Is this something you could share with the rest of us, Amazing Larry? <laughs> Come on. You don't remember that part? I don't remember that part. <laughs> All right. Okay, keep going. Okay, I had to put Suburbia in there. I know it's an obvious pick, but... It started my love affair with TSOL, for sure. Especially that era of of the band. Kind of the Beneath the Shadows era. They're like super gothy era. I didn't have the opportunity to to go to punk shows when I was a kid. And I I wanted to hang out at the Cuckoo's Nest so bad, man. And like, be one of the TR kids. So... (laughs) (laughs) What does that stand for again? The Rejected? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Before I do my number one, I'm gonna lay some other ones on you real quick that I wrote okay. down. Uh, Up in Smoke, Cheech and Chong, another movie I've seen a zillion time, has the Dills in it. Well, that's cool. Yeah, because Cheech and Chong have a punk band. <laughs> you know, Earache My Eye. Remember that song? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I bet some punk bands have covered Earache My Eye. Oh, I'm sure. I remember a band Scatterbrain covered them. I remember that. Remember that band? No. They were like a funk metal band. They had a song called uh, Don't Call Me Dude. <laughs> no. Don't remember that? No. Okay, Class of 1984. Yeah. Canadian movie. It's got actually a pretty good Alice Cooper song that he wrote for the soundtrack called I Am The Future. And it's got Teenage Head in it, man. Whoa. Like in the movie. Wow. Wow. Doing one of my favorite Teenage Head songs, Ain't Got No Sense. That is a good one. Covered by Screeching Weasel eventually. Oh, really? Yep. They do that, I think, on the Wiggle album, or maybe My Brain Hurts. It's been probably two decades since I've listened to that. 
one of my favorite Canadian punk bands for sure, Teenage Head. There's a lot of Canadian movies with uh, like about punks or with punks in it. There like, is now, yeah. For the the population of California, it's pretty good. Yeah, I've got a few more on my list actually here. Terminal City Ricochet, I think, was shot in Canada. I'm pretty sure too. Yeah. Soundtrack on Alternative Tentacles. Killer no soundtrack. Me no means no, among others. DOA, Jello Biafra, Joey, and, our... uh, Joey Shithead, and Jello Biafra are both in the movie. Like Jello's like the star of it. You can still get yeah. it through Alternative Tentacles website. I think Art Bergman has a song on that one too. Yeah, he does. Border Radio. You ever seen that? Oh, I know the name. What's that one? So it's got um, Dave Alvin, uh, John Doe, Christy from the Flesh Eaters is kind of the star of it. It's like a Super 8 movie, but it's got a great soundtrack. Divine Horsemen, who were on SST. Uh, the is it in black and, it's it in black and white, yeah. You can okay. get it. It's come out as a, like a Criterion collection. Yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, the soundtrack's got, like, the Lazy Cowgirls. Green on Red, one of my favorite bands, is in the movie. Uh, Dave Alvin from The Blasters is in the movie. Uh, Texacala Jones from Tex and the Horseheads is in it. It's really good. Uh, Roadside Prophets, you ever seen that one? That's a Canadian one, isn't it? Uh, no, it's not. No? No. What's that one? It's got John Doe and the King Ad Rock from the Beastie Boys. Fleas in it as well. Okay. It's got a pretty good soundtrack. Bug Lamp has a song on the soundtrack. Keith's band, Keith Morris's band. Yeah, yeah. No, I've never seen that one. It's pretty good. Uh, speaking of Flea, he's also in Dudes. And Suburbia. And Suburbia. Uh, Dudes was made by Penelope Spheris, who of course made Suburbia. And it's got Flea and Lee Ving. And the, the soundtrack's a little more rock. It's got like Megadeth and wasp and jane's addiction like i think she made it right before or right after she made the decline of western civilization part two like the metal years okay but it's also got the vandals in it like in the movie right on i wrote down some of the jim jermoosh movies like stranger than paradise has richard edson in it who was like the first drummer for sonic youth mystery trains got joe strummer in it down by law has Tom Waits in it. Dead Man has Iggy Pop. Coffee uh, and Cigarettes. Yep, Coffee and Cigarettes. Speaking of Sonic Youth, there's a movie called Made in USA that I've never seen, but I do own the soundtrack to it, and it's entirely done by Sonic Youth. They recorded it at Hit City West right after they did Evil, it, but it didn't come out until like the mid-90s. Huh, what does that sound like? Is it Evil-esque? Uh, well, it's a movie soundtrack, so it's like uh, it's mostly instrumental. Like, incidental-type music. Okay. Here's a Canadian connection. Ladies and gentlemen, The Fabulous Stains was shot in B.C. You ever seen that one? No, what's that one about? Well, it's about a band called The Stains, and the band is like Steve Jones, Paul Cook, and Paul Simonon. Really? Yeah, the like they were a band in the movie called The, called the Looters. Okay. I bought a couple years ago, there's a like a CD box set called The Complete Professionals. It's got all the recordings of, of uh, Steve Jones and Paul Cook's band, The Professionals. And the, the looter stuff is on there as well. Here's another BC connection. Out of the Blue, a movie I've never seen, 
but it was made by Dennis Hopper in 1980, has the pointed sticks in it. Yeah, the pointed sticks are for sure in that one. I've never seen it. Have you? I saw it on CBC years ago. Okay. Years ago, late at night. What about this one? Things Behind the Sun. Have you ever seen that? No, what's that? I don't know. It's not that old. It came out in the 2000s. There's a band in it. Like the, It's about a like a, a singer, and she's got a band, and I think uh, Stephen Jeff McDonald and Jay Mascus are in the band. Like, Jay Mascus is the drummer. Hmm. Okay, my number one movie, Thrashing. Thrashing? Thrashing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. You can't deny it. Yeah. It's also got lots of pro skaters in it, like Steve Caballero and Tony Alva and Christian Hassoy. And uh, it's full of punk rockers, man. The the main bad guys, the Daggers, are like the bad, you know, the most badass group of punk rockers ever. Isn't it Knife and the Daggers? Hook and the Daggers. Hook and the Daggers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I can just see some, like, Hollywood studio executive going, oh, we got a, I got the perfect name for a gang of punk rock <laughs> skaters, you know, hook and the daggers yep. and all the suits going, oh, that's perfect. There's a scene where they're like the Valley Boys, you know, the ramp locals, I think they call themselves. You want to see a good uh, commentary track that movie's awesome because it's a bunch of the actors minus josh brolin and they're just like making fun of the movie the whole time like and make like cutting up on themselves and stuff it's pretty hilarious but there's a scene where like they're at the, the valley guys are in their car at the bottom of the hill and hook yep. and the daggers come like they're like rolling at the top of the hill and the one guy's like check it out it's hooking the daggers they show Hook and the one guy goes, thinks he's such a badass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we should get to Love Doll Superstar. That's got to take the cake for the longest spiel ever right there. Well worth it, though. Yeah. I've got a lot of movies to watch now. Yeah. i got to watch RoboCop 3. It is a very, very misunderstood film. <laughs> <laughs> History lesson, part one. Ryan, did you watch this movie? I tried. You tried? <laughs> yeah. Couldn't get into it? Not really. I appreciate it for what it was, but it just didn't didn't grab me. I you know what? Like eventually I made my way through it, but in like twenty minute blasts kind of, and uh just the YouTube version. Well it's got a ton of people in it that we've mentioned before. Lots of SST connections, no surprise that the soundtrack and the movie eventually came out on SST. The movie came out on SSTV. They're kind of... They're VHS company. They're VHS company. Or their VHS label or whatever. Yeah. It was written by uh, Dave Markey, who we had on the pod a couple episodes back from Painted Willie. And Jennifer Schwartz, who's like the star of the movie. Jeff and Stephen McDonald from Red Cross. Uh, it's got a soundtrack obviously that we're going to be talking to talking about right away here yeah dave markey kind of mentioned it when he was on the pod but i mean it was made in 1985 for like 10 grand he was like 25 years old and it's a sequel 21 is what i saw he was 21 when he made it oh i thought it was 25 hmm. yeah here's what i have 
this is from his website actually uh, he shot it in 1985 he was 21 for $10,000 he shot 9 hours of film he says DIY filmmaking with no strings attached they debuted the film at the Roxy on Sunset Strip in 1986 followed by sets by Red Cross and the Love Dolls they did an East Coast tour uh, like showing the movie and then like the bands would play and then they expanded it to the Pacific Northwest and the Southwest in 1987. Uh, kind of led to the Love Dolls becoming an actual band. Kind of had limited distribution on VHS on the ill-fated SSTV. A fa this is from Dave's uh, website. A failed video distribution offshoot of SST. He kind of re-edited the movie in 2003 and like beefed up the sound and uh, took out of all of Greg Ginn's contributions in 2003 and released it on DVD as Love Doll Superstar Fully Realized. I think he mentions on his webpage there that this movie actually broke even too, right? Yeah, well, I think they toured it around a lot. Like, he still, I think, you know, will show the movie or show both movies. This, Like you said, this is a sequel to Desperate Teenage Love Dolls, which we'll be getting to in, I don't know, 10... 15 20 episodes somewhere in there i think he still does q like plays both movies back to back and then does like q a sessions and stuff like that hmm. i found a few pretty good re reviews of the movie you, you want to hear them yeah this is from a website called shock cinema this is a a review that was written in 1991 by a guy named steven puchelski he calls it a home-brewed mind melter from dave markey this is his kind of recap of it. Just in case you missed it, the first film dealt with the ragtag formation of an all-girl band, the Love Dolls, sort of a vomit rock go-go's. Their trip to the top of the charts and plummet back into oblivion. As our sequel, be sequel begins, we learn that lead vocalist Kitty Carryall has become a, a boozy has-been, Alexandria is a Hollywood Boulevard whore, and Patch Kelly now leads a commune of burnouts and has changed her name to Patch Christ. And when they decide to stage a comeback of the notorious Love Dolls, they do it the easy way, by violence, coercion, and gang-knifing record company execs. <laughs> I only hope he eventually makes it a trilogy. And uh, I looked it up on, on Rotten Tomato. There is, there's not enough reviews for it to get a, a rating on the tomato meter, but... They said, this gonzo sequel will surely earn a warm spot in the clothespin-pierced heart of punk rock diehards. And one more I found on a website called Combustible Celluloid. Dave Markey made the greatest Super 8 movie of the 80s with Desperate Teenage Love Dolls, produced for about $250. Two years later, he made this sequel for $10,000, and in many ways, it's a far superior, far more watchable film. I think maybe we mentioned this on the... Painted Willy episode 2, Ryan, but Dave Markey has a website called WeGotPowerFilms.com. I'm sure you can go on there and probably rent the movie. You can for sure uh, see it on YouTube. It's probably still available on Amazon as well. Yeah, it's not that bad. It's, I don't know, it just was hard for me to get into. It's not as good, in my opinion, though, as many of the ones that we mentioned earlier on the podcast. Yeah, well, it's like as indie as it gets right like not those yep. are like studio movies most of the ones we mentioned were made on 
budgets much larger than ten thousand dollars like this is just a bunch of friends that wrote a movie and made it together and i made a lot of movies when i was a kid like in the vhs era and we tried to like write scripts and this is when you put it into context of what they did it's it's pretty it's a pretty big achievement yeah it's a it's a big deal for a guerrilla film like this for sure i made a list of some of the cast and the people involved in the movie ryan this is just the people that i knew who they were i'm so I'm going to put it out to our listeners to tell me about connections that I don't know to the movie. But here, here's what I did pick up for some of the characters. Jeannie is a character played by Vicky Peterson, who was in The Bangles. Mr. President is played by Jello Biafra. He plays, like, the president, I guess, in the movie. Bruce Springsteen is played by Jordan Schwartz, who worked for SST. Alex and uh, Jim from Dos Domin said he's the funniest guy alive when we interviewed them sky saxon from the seeds plays himself brother a west plays the preacher and he had a a song on that new alliance record comp taste test number one he had a like a comedy and musical parody group called brother a west and his world salivation ministry and they too they did some tours opening for the minutemen and here's something you might be interested in ryan if you didn't know this he did some stuff with frank zappa Ooh. He has a song called A Few Moments with Brother A. West on the best band you never heard in your life. Yeah, that's kind of the 80s era of Zappa when he had like Chad Wackerman on drums and it was like an electronic drum kit. Yeah. Not the greatest stuff. Yeah. He's also on Return of the Son of Kill Ugly Radio. Uh, his partner in the movie is The Deacon and that's Dave O'Clausen, Black Flag Roadie. And Meat Puppets, I believe, as well. Uh, someone we talked about recently, Modi Frank. She was, I think, for a time, was dating uh, Meryl Ward from SWA, and she went on to make a bunch of videos herself. I think we talked about her, might have been in the Painted Willie episode, I can't remember. It's not the same Modi from Motivational Films, is yep, it? that's the one. That's her. <laughs> Here's a guy you might know, Chuck Dukowski, Chuck the Duke. Oh, yeah. He plays a NASA security slash cult member in the film. There's a scene where they're, like, stealing food from a grocery store, and I saw him clear as day wearing a black flag shirt. I was, I was watching for him. Another one of the cult members is Gary Jacoboli. Remember him? Jacoboli? Yeah. Maybe it's Gary Jacobelli. Nope. That's what we were calling him, and then Joe Biza hipped us to, to how to say his name right. Oh, he, okay. he played on... I think he played on We Became Snakes and maybe some Minutemen stuff. Okay. Uh, there's a, a paper boy in the movie, Robert Hecker, who was in Red Cross, Susie Gardner from L7, and uh, I think she was on the cover of uh, Worm Feast. Yep. She's a cult member. Some of the Freedom School kids are Mario Lally, Scott Reeder, Herb Lenau, Larry Lally, and Gary Arce, and they... Gary, Mar Mario, and Larry were in the Sword of Quartet, who we'll be getting to way down the line. They had yeah. they had a couple albums on on SST, but there's huge SST connections with all of those guys. Mario and Gary were in uh, the Perfect Rat and Ten East, both bands that Greg Ginn played in. I think they're both in Yawning Man, who released an album this year actually that's pretty good. Uh, Mario and Larry were in Fatso Jetson, who released some albums on SST in the 90s. 
And Scott Reeder went on to play in Caius, 10 East, and he was also in the Obsessed Wino's band, Wino from uh, St. Vitus. Oh, and uh, all of those dudes were also in Across the River, who have an amazing demo. They never released an album, but I think they came close to releasing an album on SST as Across the River. I seem to recall uh, Joe Carducci, Carducci mentioning that that was one of his regrets, that they never released the uh, Across the River album. But there's a demo out there? Yeah, it's like a bootleg. Uh. And what? who else did I find? Tracy Lee, or Leah, she was in Red Cross. She plays rhythm guitar on the first Red Cross full-length, Born Innocent. I think that's all I came up with, so if anybody has anything else that I missed that we don't get, some of it I'll be talking about when we get to the tracks as well. But if I missed anybody, send us some info if anybody has any on Facebook. Yeah, that seems pretty comprehensive, though. I'll be interested to see what you missed. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the soundtrack? Yeah, let's get to it. History Lesson, Part 2. All right, where do you want to go? Well, this was released on LP, CD, and cassette. And just like we learned recently with Who's Got the Ten and a Half, there's seven extra tracks on the CD and cassette. Oh, really? Yeah. I've only got the LP. Yeah, well, I'm going to hip you to the extra stuff here. Oh, man. Well, I, now I'm really interested for the ballot result. The best stuff is on the LP. Okay, good. There's only <laughs> there's only like maybe one or two tracks on the CD that are really good. Hey, Brant, did you know that this... I've got like the full-on Love Dolls Superstar insert in my LP. Okay. And it's it's got like a mail order area that you can kind of cut off and check the box for what you're going to send your money orders or checks to. Okay. This came out not just on CD, LP, cassette, and VHS. This also came out on beta. <laughs> oh boy. I'm old enough to remember the beta versus VHS debate. Yeah, well, I'm not sure a beta was ever allowed in my house. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but you could order T-shirts, posters, all sorts of stuff for Love Doll Superstar. Yeah. Okay, let's start with side one. Red Cross doing, I guess, like the theme song, Love Doll Superstar, written by Jeff McDonald from Red Cross. Since we haven't talked about Red Cross before, Ryan, I did a little bit of a history lesson on them. As I mentioned, their debut full-length is called Born Innocent, came out in 1982. Then they had an EP in 84, uh, mostly covers, called Teen Babes from Monsanto. Then this, more or less, and then they kind of went away for a while. We didn't see them again until 87, when they came back with Neurotica. And they've kind of been an on-again, off-again band, mostly with the two brothers, Jeff McDonald and Stephen McDonald. Jeff has some solo albums. Stephen is in, of course, the Melvins now. And well, off. And off. Bunch of people did time in in Red Cross though. Uh, Ron Reyes was in the band for a while before he was in Black Flag. Des Greg Hetson. Greg Hetson, Des Kadena. They formed in '78 as a band called The Tourists. Did their first gig with Flag. I think for me this this album is kind of when they really changed over to like a a power pop band. Yeah, it seems that way. Like I have for the first track, it's just kind of like a pop rock song. Not super memorable for me, but I do like the solo. Oh, I love this song, man. It's, really? Oh, it is it is totally memorable. I wrote this as like a total earworm. Like I had this song in my head all week, man. 
<laughs> it's good because the lyrics reference the, like the movie plot. Here's a here's a lyric I wrote down. It seems one day Patch discovered Kitty Kitty Carry all asleep in the gutter, but Alex is back and she's been off drugs for near, nearly a year. But I, it might be a matter of taste because I'm a big Red Cross fan. Oh man, and, pa- and, and Power Pop in general. Belt result is going to be a cage match. Yeah, I know because I know which song you picked, but <laughs> I doubt it. No, you probably know. Yeah, uh, track two is the Love Dolls, Beer and Ludes, written by Jeff McDonald. So it's got Alexandria Axmasher on guitar, uh, Janet Houston on drums, Jennifer Schwartz on vocals. I have a question for you about this song, though. Yeah. Is there some sort of, like, referenced kind of solo section in this song? It almost sounds like a cheap trick section. It is, yeah. It's the, they play the... They play the uh, the riff from the Cheap Trick song "Hello There." Oh, okay. Yeah. It seemed so familiar, and I was like, "Man, it sounds like Cheap Trick," but you know them. I don't really know them. Some of these people that play on this went on to f- actually form the band The Love Dolls. So they released an album called "Love One Another" in 1989. It doesn't have Jennifer Schwartz in the band. The vocalist is Lisa Freeman, who was like a poet. She's got stuff on. Some of those comps we've mentioned, like Voices of the Angels and Neighborhood Rhythms on that Freeway Records. And she also has, uh, way later when New Alliance was doing all those like spoken word albums, she has one on there called Rough Roads. Abby Travis is was the bass player on that album. Uh, she's also in this movie as one of the cult members. Kim Pilkington, who is Cheetah Axe Thrasher in the movie, uh, she wrote most of the music on, on this album that I'm talking about, Love One Another by the Love Dolls. And Janet Housden, Housden, I'm not sure how you say it, she's on drums. And she went on to pay, play bass in a band called The Super Cools and drums in a band called Cheeseburger. They both have releases on that garage label, Dionysus Records. And she plays uh, Patch Kelly in the movie. And the Love Dolls also have a 7-inch on Sympathy for the Record Industry that they released in 1990. Uh, with a different bass player, Sharon Neeland. Anyways, back to this song. Uh, it's called Beer and Ludes. It's written by Jeff McDonald. has kind of a 60s vibe, like the Bangles or the Pandoras, who were like, you know, kind of hip all-girl bands at the time. It's a little bit long. It's almost six minutes long, which is a little too long for this kind of song. But uh, the third track is called Rex Smith, I Want to Be a Cholo Chick, written by Jeff McDonald. Jennifer Schwartz on vocals again. It's kind of a mid-tempo rocker. It's got more movie references in it. Track four, Now That I've Tasted Blood, written by Cheetah Punkerton, a.k.a. Kim Pilkington, featuring on bass, Shilo, the self-mutilating bitch. (laughs) That's what it says in the liner notes. I don't know who that is. This one's got a bit of a darker vibe to it. This song I like. Do you like that one? Yeah, well... I think it's partially because, I mean, it says on the album, anyways, with a little help from Painted Willie. Yeah. And I, I don't know. Everything is pretty forgettable for me up until this song. It's definitely, you can tell that it's maybe has Painted Willie backing them up. Yeah, it's on another level for me, like this song, anyways. Track five, uh, The Love Dolls, Sunshine Day, which is a song from the Brady Bunch TV show. Yeah, this this totally sucks for me. Oh, really? I liked it. What? Yeah, I liked it. Oh, man. I hope we can still be friends after this episode. 
Track six, Black Flag, Kickin' and Stickin', written by Ginn and Rollins. It's definitely a leftover from the In My Head session. We'll be getting to it in a couple years in 1989. I Can See You, that 12-inch EP. Yeah, SST 226. Yeah. I found this uh, blog called The Vinyl Journey. It's like vinyljourney.blogspot where he talks about the soundtrack, and he, he wrote, this song sounds like it was recorded in a tunnel. Yep. And then we, we're going to go to the CD and cassette. Red Cross does an instrumental version of Jimi Hendrix's Purple Haze. Here's the one that you unfortunately didn't get to hear. It is in the movie, but it's credited to Annette, and it's a cover of the Sonny and Cher song, Baby Don't Go, and it's performed and sung by Annette Zelinkskas. She plays Switchblade Susie in the movie. She was the original bassist for the Bangles. Uh, she played when they were called the Bangs, still. They had their first 7-inch, Getting Out of Hand. She played on that. And then she played on an album I really like by the Bangles. It's their self-titled 12-inch EP. It has a song on it called Want You that's in the movie Thrashin'. That's just awesome. She plays on that. And then she went on to sing for Blood on the Saddle. And they had a self-titled album on New Alliance Records in 1984. They released another one in 86 that didn't come on, out on New Alliance, but then they have one on, on SST in 87 called Fresh Blood that we'll be getting to eventually. Blood on the Saddle does. And I didn't know this, but I saw I saw when I was kind of looking at them up a little bit, eventually Caesar Viscara from The Stains and DC3, who we're going to be talking about in a couple weeks, he was in Blood on the Saddle later on playing bass yeah i think i knew that yeah and annette is back in the bangles they're they're reformed and they they did release something this year i think on burger records don't quote me on that oh no i'm sorry i'm thinking the pandoras i think the bangles had a reissue on omnivore but i'm not sure what it is what songs it is i don't know this one i liked it's it's pretty true to the original sunny and sunny and share song uh but it sounds like something like one of those 80s garage girls bands like the head Cotees or the delmonas or like april march and the makers might have done okay and then on the cd and cassette we're gonna get into some gone they have a lot of like incidental music on the soundtrack they have a song called slicks thang it's got a really funky 80s sound it's got i think Sim mentions it in the interview that we did uh, for the Gone episode that he programmed all the drums. Probably, I'm not sure if he mentions it, but a lot of people were obsessed with these Roland TR-808s. You hear a lot of, like, a, a lot of the early hip-hop stuff. They use, use these. And it's got kind of, like, some of the sounds that you hear on, on those early drum machines. Like, the, the kind of whistle sound. Yeah, well, that might be the same... Roland that was on all the big black albums too. Maybe. And it's got Ginn playing the, the guitar synth that you can see him playing in the Reality 6th, 86th documentary. Is it a keytar? No, it's a guitar synth. It's a different thing, I think. Oh. They were pretty popular know. around this time. Judas Priest used them on the album Turbo. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of bands were getting really getting into technology like uh, the Meat Puppets too. I think used guitar synths on synths on their next album. One of them, either Mirage or Wavos. I can't remember which one, but we'll find out when we get there. And drum machines too. Yeah, not all drum machines are bad, but most of them are. Yeah, most of them. Okay, flip it over. 
and we're on side two of the record. We've got the Love Dolls again doing a track called Love Machine, written by Chuck Dukowski, Greg Ginn, and Jordan Schwartz. I also read somewhere that Jordan Schwartz was in SWA. Do you remember that, Ryan? Hmm, I don't. Yeah, I don't either. I don't think he played on any of the albums, but he might have maybe been in the band for a while. I'd have to go back and maybe listen to our SWA episode and see if we, we dug that up. Uh, he's on backing vocals in this. He's also in the movie as Bruce Springsteen, where he does uh, a parody of the song Dancing in the Dark, which was a big hit at the time. Isn't it booze? Is it booze? I think I think it's bruise, like as in drinking oh. bruise. B-R-E-W-S. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. Bruise uh, Springsteen. Paul Rossler plays synth on this, like kind of the engine revving sounds, I think, is Paul. Uh, you can tell it's a swa song because it's got really raunchy lyrics and like, but from a woman's perspective, you're my love machine, stick shift in between. <laughs> There's a part where it says, like, use the stick shift until it's sore or something like that. It's got, aye, aye, aye. it's got some moaning in it. It's a pretty raunchy song. The second song on side two is Sonic Youth doing Hallowed Be Thy Name, which is an Alice Cooper song written by their drummer, Neil Smith. He didn't write most of their songs. In fact, I, I don't think, think he hardly wrote any of them. Uh, so this one is a little different sounding. It's on the uh, Alice Cooper's classic album, Love It to Death, from 1971. And I think I remember when I was doing the Evol episode, I remember reading this. This was Steve Shelley's first recording, playing drums with Sonic Youth, was doing this track. Yeah, I gotta admit, when this song came on, coming off of the Evol episode, which was... A bit of a high point for me, actually, like a bit of a surpriser yeah. to listen to Evol, and then to hear this, it was kind of like, hmm, that's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like it because I'm a big Alice Cooper fan, so it's interesting to me. According to Thurston Moore, they played the song once live, and then they never played it again. Good choice. The third track, Painted Willie, doing their version of the Prince song, Darling Nikki, <laughs> one of the most classic scenes from uh from the purple rain movie is clint prince doing darling nikki this is their version version darling sheila some pretty sketchy lyrics it takes like the prince lyrics and like kicks them up a notch in the raunchy department it's one of my favorites on the album though to be honest oh really yeah well i can see past the lyrics i just think the music's good i again like my favorite song on side one is the one where willie was helping out okay they credit this one to P. Rintz in the credits as a writer. Right. Uh, track four on side two is Lawndale. Total SST connection there. They released a couple albums that we'll be getting to in 86 and 87. Beyond Barbecue and Sasquatch Rock. Rick Lawndale is kind of the leader of the band. Uh, Steve Husden, he is a sibling to Janet. And he's the bassist and guitarist in Lawndale and he did the special effects for this movie and I'm pretty sure this is our first Lawndale so far on the podcast right yep tracks called wingtips it's kind of like a country surfy lounge song it reminds me a lot of something shadowy men on a shadowy planet or atomic seven would do yeah Lawndale definitely has that vibe I'm really looking forward to getting to their records I mean I've, I've listened to them a bunch in the past especially when well you and I used to play in like an instrumental band? Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing them again. Yeah. Track five is Gone, Lord of the Wasteland. It's a, like a one-minute song. The riff really reminds me of the J.J. Kale, Kale song, Cocaine. 
made famous by Eric Clapton. And uh, every time I heard the synth, I thought of that, <laughs> the interview with Sim, where he's, I asked him about the synth guitar, uh, guitar synth, and he just goes, that fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I pretty much like, this song is just forgettable to me too. Yeah. Boring, kind of. Yeah. Kind of boring. All these Gone songs are taken out of the movie too, hey? When he, yeah. When oh, he no, no, no. It, I mean, I, when he redid it. Yeah. Well, I wonder which version of the movie I watched on YouTube then. It was it was the re the real re what does he call it? Love doll superstar re no reimagined or revisited re-imagined, something yeah like yeah I can't even remember it. Yeah, the next track is Anarchy Six. Spit, slam, cut your hair, kill your mom. <laughs> it's got Dave Markey and in the band and he he wrote the song with Stephen McDonald and they have an album that you have called it's Anarchy 6 it's like their hardcore parody band i believe you own it because uh, Pettibone has does the cover yeah not because i like the music i think that they're like kind of funny but not the greatest yeah the album's called Hardcore Lives came out in 1988 i like this cuz Stephen McDonald in the movie he plays Rainbow Tremaine and he goes like suicidal in the movie like a you know he dresses up like the suicidal tendency crew to form a band to go on tour with the love dolls in the movie and he actually sounds a lot like mike muir in this song which which is cool oh dude anarchy six have like a live album called live like a suicidal i think on the back cover of the album they're hanging upside down like like the first suicidal tendencies album cover too Totally. Yeah. Track seven is gone. Goodbye forever. Kind of whatever. Nothing special. It's got a, a walking bass. It's just more incidental music, really. So I have a question for you about this song. Okay. This is this is me trying to find something interesting about it as I'm listening to it because I mean I really like Gone. The Gone songs are a little blah for me. Yeah. But this this song is called Goodbye Forever. Do you think it might be a reference to the Chick Corea band Return to Forever? Oh, maybe. Because it is jazzy. Yeah. And Andrew and Sim were, you know, into jazz. Could be. Track 8, Meat Puppets doing Black Flags. No values. This track was recorded during their first album sessions, and you can tell. Uh, the Meat Puppets, for me, generally do killer covers. Pick good songs and, and do great versions of them. This, for me, is not one of them. No, they could have done, and there are moments in it where you're like, yes, yes, and then they're just kind of like, they just don't care. Track nine is Gone Again, Atomic Jam. I just wrote lame, (laughs) but then I was on that Vinyl Journey blog, and he wrote a massive bong hit head rush of Guitarzilla fuzz distortion. (laughs) You got to give it to him for the description. Yeah. It's not going to make me like it, though. Track 10 is your ballot result pick, I'm sure. Dead Kennedy's One Way Ticket to Pluto, written, of course, by Jello Biafra, who wrote, I would say, 99% of Dead Kennedy's songs. I tried to find out... So, uh, Bedtime for Democracy, the album, the Dead Kennedy's album, this is on, came out in November of 1986. I tried to find when Love Doll Superstar came out, because I was wondering if this was like an exclusive track at the time, but I couldn't find out. The movie itself premiered in the spring of 86. Yeah, so maybe this was an exclusive Dead Kennedys track. It's the same version, though. It sounds really close. It's the same version, yeah. 
Dead Kennedys had already split up by the time Bedtime for Democracy came out. And then the album ends, but the CD and cassette goes on for four more tracks by Gone. They do, uh, it's, it's too bad you didn't get to hear this one, Ryan. They do a cover of the Black Flag song, I Won't Stick Any of You Unless and Until I Can Stick All of You, which is easily, it's easily the most interesting Gone track on the album. And that's like one of the best songs off the process of weeding out. Yep. Is that on Family Man? Shoot. Uh, I can't remember, to be honest with you. Oh, man. I know I know it's an instro, and I like that one. Yeah. I think we picked that one for the ballot result. Yeah, I know. It's off Family Man. My mistake. Okay. You know what song off of Family Man that Gone should cover? What's that? Salt on a Slug. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. Then they do a track called March, which is just like this programmed marching drum sound. They do a, a song called Material Jam, which is like the Material Girl, you know, the Madonna song. Yes. It's that with like somebody humming the melody. It sounds like Bob Weir from the Grateful Dead humming the melody. And uh, then it ends with a gone song called A Day in India on Acid, which is like they uh, figured out the guitar synth could make a sitar sound. So they just decided they had to have a song called A Day in India on Acid. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I feel like, you know, it would have been cool to hear those songs, but I'm not missing out too much. No. The the best track you missed out on is the Sonny and Cher song by Annette. Should we talk quickly about the artwork and sure. maybe this uh, Wicked insert that came in my record? Sure. Lay it on me. Well, I mean, the front cover is basically, I mean, a, a star, kind of like the Hollywood Walk of Fame. It just basically lists the bands and you know, has kind of screen caps from the movie. Fits It fits the theme, I guess. Yep. The back cover is cool. It's a drawing of the band all kind of punk glammed out, standing on a bloody Hollywood sign that looks like the Hollywood sign is like on a volcano almost. Okay. Uh, with, I can only assume, like, you know, Hollywood in the background, the cities and whatnot. Yep. So it's kind of cool. They kind of look like cyberpunks. No uh, no dead wax, but the insert has got a very cool thing. So not only does it have, like, credits and lyrics and kind of like a, um, like a film credits. You know how on the bottom of movie posters they had, like, you know, original score by, written by, blah, blah, blah. It has, right. has all that. Right. Has the has the mail order section where I mentioned you could order this on beta. And, by the way videos do you know videos is spelt oh it ha- it's v-i-d-e-o-s but the o has got motley crew dots on it oh wicked yeah and it also says this quote if you are interested in having a love doll superstar screening at your party school bar mitzvah cross burning or whatever <laughs> please call the global network booking agency and then it gives the number, and uh, for that guy that was uh, doing the review of yep. the movie, was asking for, you know, a trilogy. It then closes out by saying, "Coming soon, Love Dolls in Outer Space 3D." <laughs> well, at the end of this movie, they do blast off into space. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty cool. It gives the direct line to Jordan Schwartz and and the Duke over at Global. 
0797. Wicked. I also got an SST catalog in mine, which is always cool to kind of see what they were pumping at the time that at least this pressing came out. Yeah. It's interesting to see, like, uh, they were still pumping, like, you know, the Overkill 7-inch, the <laughs> Stains LP. Yeah. Stuff that is pretty darn rare nowadays. The Dix LP, they're still pumping when when uh, this pressing came out. Hmm. And then they're talking about new releases coming up. Yeah, some of the stuff. Oh, he, this I wanted to mention because we're going to get to this in a couple of episodes. Yeah. In this guide, and it's entitled Guns or Records. Yeah, I've SST seen, I've seen Survival. Yeah. yeah, SST Survival Catalog. Here's a here's a preview. SST 65, it says, new release upcoming, the attack continues. SST 65, Bad Brains, untitled at press time. The most infamous, if not the only, reggae hardcore band in the world. The Bad Brains are recording their first LP for SST, and it should be out May 28, 1986. Get ready for that one, man. Imagine reading that. Oh, I would have drawn. I would have taken, not pencil, but pen, and put a big <laughs> circle around that one. Yeah, a big circle for yeah. sure. No dead wax on this one. All right, let's argue about the ballot result then. <laughs> <laughs> ballot result. I knew you were going to so, pick that Dead Kennedy song. I haven't even made my pick yet. It's the Dead Kennedy song. How do you know? Just know. I, I know you love the Dead Kennedys and. I do too. I I don't really like. Well, I I like this song. Well, first of all, is, the, is that your pick? It's the best song on the record. Give me a break. No, Love Doll Superstar is the best song on the record. No way, no way. What? When are we gonna have the chance to put Dead Kennedys on the ballot result again? When are we Never. gonna have it? When do we have a chance to put Red Cross? Ugh. Pick whatever you want. We can put the Dead Kennedys in there, but. You need to re-listen to the title track of this album. It's a great song, man. I listened to it. No, you can put it on. It makes sense. We, You know, what better song for the ballot result for the Love Doll Superstar soundtrack than the title track? Okay, I'm not going to argue with you. Because it's, yeah, it's a great song. Yeah, it's not as good as Dead Kennedys, though. But I recognize that Dead Kennedys is not really an SST band. So it's fine. It's okay. fine. Ryan, what's next week? It's SST 63, the DC3 record, The Good Hex. I think this is our second DC3 album. I'm real interested to see whether I like this one more. And we've got a guest, Brent. Yeah, Paul Rossler's on the podcast. Whoa. Make sure you tune in for that one. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, all at Mojack Pod. We post all kinds of info and tons of pictures of the bands and albums we discuss on the show. Our blog is mojackpod.com. Please check it out for some exclusive content. If you like what we do and want to support the podcast, the best way to do that is to tell your friends about the show. Subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes is also appreciated. We love hearing your opinions, corrections, and feedback, so feel free to post on our social media sites and send us an email to mojackpod at gmail.com. Thanks again for all the support, and we hope to see you next week.